welcome all you believers, idealists, skeptics, and all those who question the universe around them. I'm Bailey. And I'm Ty. Welcome to Cult Talks Conspiracy. Before we unseal this file, we wanted to fill you in on some really exciting news. For as little as $3 a month, you can be a part of our pursuit to hashtag question everything by clicking the support the show link found in the show notes of each episode. Your support would mean the absolute world to us and help us dive deeper into the mind-blowing conspiracies you, Ty, and I all love. Thank you for joining us, seeking the truth, and as always, question question everything. everything. Says who you gonna call? It's great. Who okay. You gonna call? You are listening to a Cult Talk Network podcast. File access granted. Hello, all you believers, idealists, skeptics, and all those who question the universe around them. My name is Bailey, and I'm Ty, and welcome to this beautiful. May Day. <laughs> um, today we are talking about one of the oldest conspiracy theories out there, um, and also one of the most—I uh, don't know—probably the most famous Western legend out there. Billy the oh, Kid. Absolutely, absolutely, Billy the Kid. That's uh, iconic. I remember watching Young Guns yep. back when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young Guns one and two; those were some of my favorite movies and uh kind of always knowing about the uh the weird circumstances around billy's death like the, yeah. the dead man's hand isn't that like mm-hmm. uh part of that mm-hmm. um yeah this is a i loved westerns growing up so i've always kind of known about billy the kid yeah in some my, fashion. yeah my my dad was really into westerns we we grew up with all kinds of different john wayne and so many other western characters that i can't think of their name of right now um but we we knew of Billy the Kid and Jesse James and you know all of that and you know we never we I never watched Young Guns as a kid I actually watched it as an adult um, and then watched it preparing for this episode uh, we're actually going to watch Young Guns two tonight in celebration of recording this episode so I'm excited <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, it is it's so good it's so good it is not historically accurate I will no, say no, that no, absolutely, absolutely not I I no. love I love Charlie Sheen's character Billy Billy <laughs> I love him I love uh, it when Charlie Sheen puts on a, puts on a southern tango accent it's yeah. a, it's a good one Young Guns 2 has like one of my favorite like movie soundtracks. It's all Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi is it really? Soundtrack okay. I'm excited. Yeah, I used to have that on uh used to have that on C D. Oh nice. I used to have the uh Young Guns 2 soundtrack. Oh nice. Now I'm gonna have to when we watch it tonight, I'm gonna have to really listen in because I Oh I, you you know all the way through it's yes. just all Bon Jovi songs. It's uh, it's great. I love Bon Jovi. It's my <laughs> life. Okay. Uh, so today it's going to be a little history lesson, of course, today. We're going to learn a little bit about Billy the Kid's life and his legacy. And then I found some info on Billy the Kid's death. Um, very interesting because we have accounts from um, some of his family members, second cousins twice removed, uh, grandchildren, uh, which is very interesting. 
And then what also is very interesting just going into this is the man who brought Billy the Kid in, the man who shot and killed Billy the Kid, Pat Garrett, is the author behind the most well-recognized and well-accredited accounts of Billy the Kid's life. He wrote the book, The Authentic Life of Billy the Kid, um, very shortly after Billy's death. And the reasoning behind this, and I want to have full disclosure up front because it's going to help into what we're going to talk about throughout the podcast, is the reasoning behind this was he wanted to set the record straight. He was very upfront and he was very dedicated into making sure that the reasoning was, I want to set this record straight. Interesting. Okay. Which I, I'm i a little paranoid personally, and also I'm a conspiracy theorist as well. So I'm like, why are you working so hard to set this record straight? <laughs> why Why are we working this hard? I just, I have questions. Yeah, I, 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 ne- I, never, I never knew that, that he was so adamant about trying to, mm-hmm. trying to set things straight. That's, that's oh, interesting. Yes. So I'm super ready. I'm super excited about this. Are you ready to... Yeah, this is the second part of your little uh, mini-series. Yes! Oh my gosh, yes, yes, the Deceptively Dead. Yeah, it's going to be a little mini-series. We're probably going to have more coming up just from the original three that we had mentioned. We've got Elvis coming up next. I'm very excited to party. But there's probably going to be a little bit more because there's a lot of legends out there that have stories like this where it's like, did they actually die? Did, 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 is it? And I think part of that is just a little tidbit here. I think part of that is because like the person was so larger than life, it's hard to imagine that, that they had passed. That that's why that's why I always equate it to is these guys are kind of larger than life. You see them as kind of these gods or superheroes. Mm-hmm. Then the idea of them dying just seems so unbelievable. Yeah. It's like no. I mean, no, no, no. I'll probably do it when Bruce Campbell passes. Probably. I'll probably I'll probably refuse to believe that. No. So. He's never going to pass away. We're just going to... Never. The, we're king, gonna clone the king him. lives forever. Yes. he, he uh, Long live the king, baby. Long live the king. But yeah, I think that's kind of the the idea behind it is that it's just hard to to put that in the into your head that that mm-hmm. person is gone because mm-hmm. you just see him as something greater than you, know, you or I. Absolutely. And with someone so young as Billy the Kid too, like he was only 21 when he passed away. Super young, super, super young. Um, ah, I could go into so much detail without even unsealing this file, but we have to do it officially. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's save it. Let's 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 uh let's crack it open. Yes, let's crack open this file. So Billy the Kid was born William Henry McCarty Jr. He was born on November 23rd, 1859. And there's not much known about his early life. But what we do know is, or what we can suspect, is that he was born in a a poor Irish neighborhood in New York. His mother was Catherine McCarty. Um, and his biological father either died or disappeared very early on in his life. We don't have any record of who his biological father is or involvement in Billy's life. But what we do have is his father, William Antrin, 
who acted more as a biological father to Billy. Um, and even so, even even more so, Billy would actually go as the kid Antrin later on in his short life as one of his many aliases. I guess that is something I've never really taken into account as I've and all the Billy the Kid media I've ever consumed. It does kind of just start out. He's just Billy the Kid. Like, yeah. It doesn't ever start out with him. His, his uh, early life. It's just like he's a, he's Billy the Kid right when it kicks off. Yeah. Well, I mean, there wasn't in in the time frame we're talking about. There wasn't very much record keeping, um, especially when it because there was a lot of during that time, especially there was a lot of immigrants coming into the family. Um, it's suspected that his. Um, his mother and father were actually Irish immigrants who came into New York. And I mean, there was a lot of that going around. So when you go back that far, it's kind of hard to find the paper trails and find where all of these things were. There was actually a quote that I heard when I was researching for Billy the Kid specifically, which was, nothing changes more than history. So I think Billy yeah. the Kid, in, in accounts to his life, I think that really speaks volumes because we don't know a whole lot about his early life. We know more about his um, his crimes and what happened during really the highlights of his life than we do more about his childhood. True. True. But we do know that the family, Billy the Kid's mother, Billy, Billy also had a brother who we don't know much about also and then billy's i I never i never knew that right yeah yeah i found this and i started like trying to deep dive into like who is billy the kid's brother (laughs) and they're like it's just his brother traveled with him his brother traveled with him his brother did petty crimes with him and i'm like who is the brother i must know um so like there's just there's so much to uncover here. And I think even today, if we were to go back in 2023 and try to uncover that family line more, I would say we'd find a whole lot more. So but they would they would begin to travel out west. So the family of four would begin to travel from New York through Indiana through um I think Arkansas, if my memory serves correctly. But they began to travel out west and they would eventually land in Silver City, New Mexico. And this is where a lot of our story is going to take place is in New Mexico. Um, so when the family moved to New Mexico, Silver City, very shortly after that move, Billy's mother would actually die from tuberculosis when Billy was only 15 years old. Um, this would then leave him and his brother officially orphaned in 1874. So, like I said, William Antrim was so much more of a biological father in the way he acted and cared for Billy than a stepfather would be, if that makes sense. Um, so Billy and his brother would work on a ranch with William Antrin and, you know, they would continue to live and work up until a couple of years later in 1876 when Billy would leave his brother and stepfather um, for the sagebrush of New Mexico. So he was still remaining in New Mexico. He was just leaving Silver City. And after he left, there are no accounts of him revisiting his brother and stepfather after this. Interesting. So from what we understand, so he they... Just, he was just gone. He was just GTFO. Bye. Like, <laughs> like I, have, I have things to go do. Bye-bye. 
crimes to commit, money to money to get, women to meet. Got to go. So after leaving his brother and stepfather, Billy would then begin would begin working on a cattle ranch. Um, where and this was where he was reported to have killed his first few men was working on this cattle ranch in 1876. So the first we can account for is actually a group of Apache Indians in the Guadalupe Mountains. Um, And the second, if you can call it a second, because they're like, yeah, it's a group. And I'm like, does that mean this was a family? Was it a tribe? Was it a hunting? Like, what? Because we could have a really big problem here. So, and the second would be a blacksmith in Camp Grant. So after this, Billy would then really start to hone in on using a lot of his aliases. So we hear a lot more of the kid Antrin. um, And then we hear of probably one of his more famous aliases, William H. Bonney. Yes, that's why I've always always known him by William H. Bonney. Oh, yeah. I didn't. When I was like, I thought it was three different people. Like not when I first started researching this, but back when like I was four years younger i'm not gonna lie it wasn't that long ago um but like i like and that's just how crazy it is it's it's so crazy that you can think of billy the kid william henry mccarty and william h bonnie all as three different people because it's just crazy the amount of leaps and bounds that his life takes in between using those names and it's nuts I like to think of William Henry as kind of like his kid, his kid self, William Body as sort of adolescence. And then Billy the Kid is really like he's full-fledged into what he's doing as an outlaw. Right. Is how I think of it. So at this point, he was going by the alias William H. Bonnie, and he actually found work as a rancher slash bodyguard for a John Tungstall. Now, Mr. John Tungstall is quite important to Billy. So he was an English rancher who owned a business in Lincoln County. He was a very successful cattle rancher. And of course, in Lincoln County, there are other cattle ranchers who are really striving for the business that Tungstall is getting. And, you know, they want to be the biggest. They want to be the best. So there was already this little tift going on when Billy came in. And on a more personal note, Tungstall really took Billy under his wing as far as work and personal relationships go. Tungstall really taught Billy a lot of the um, sort of ins and outs of ranching, along with teaching him life skills and really teaching him the value of a friendship as well. So they were not only close on a professional level, but also on a personal level as well. So it's like another kind of father figure. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Which we're going to we're going to talk about Young Guns real quick, because in Young Guns, Tungstall is actually portrayed as quite an older man. Well, not quite an older man. He's an older man, but definitely you can see the father figure there. However, according to historical reports, Tungstall was not that much older than Billy. Okay. Like he was in his later 20s where Billy would have been 18 or 19 at this point in time. Interesting. It's weird how that happens too. Like, because... Yeah, mean, he, he's, he's like an old guy. Yeah. In the movie, yeah. Yeah, he's he's an older, older gentleman. I wonder if history will be like that one day. Well, if we didn't have cameras and whatnot, 
they would be like, well, Bailey, you know, always talked about Mike and Ty being such good role models. And then one day yeah. there will be a life about my movie and you guys will be old men as, <laughs> as we meet. That's, that's what it always is. Like, I, I think any movie that's uh, historical with a grain of salt, I think every, uh, you can't help but embellish when you're making a, a film. Uh, real you life is to. nowhere near, even, even the most uh, interesting real life stories are never as uh, exciting enough to be. Uh, made accurate films. You got to embellish a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to. And you have to do that in real life too. Like even with podcasts, like we edit, we'll edit our conversations to make it flow a little bit better because real life is boring. Like we don't want to hear about real life. We don't want to know. We want to be in the, we want to be in the fantasy of, you know, of, of the movie or we want to be ingrained in the topic of the, of the podcast. So exactly. There's a, there's a bunch of little tricks there. So where are we at? We are in 1878, where a rival cattle gang slash ranchers. I, I found the I found the phrasing cattle gang to be really funny because in my head all I can imagine are cows with like big big gang <laughs> tattoos and just moo. So funny uh, story. My I'm gonna have to get this on recording, but funny story. My dad used to work on a cattle farm and can actually make the moo of a cow. Um, oh wow! Like can do it. Like it's it's really funny. It's a really funny in- imitation. He's gonna kill me for saying <laughs> that. <laughs> so this cattle gang of ranchers would actually shoot and kill John Tungstall in 1878, and little did they know the hell they had just unleashed on the New Mexico territory. So Billy the Kid was enraged by the killing of John Tungstall. Not only had they killed someone who had been very good to him, given him a job, given him, you know, room and board to sleep, gave him food and clothes. From what I can read, it was out in just cold blood. There were not very many differences from what we see in Young Guns for the assassination of John Tungstall to the historical accounts. There's not very many differences Um, also there's not very much information on how it was done as well. So take that with what you will, my dear audience. So the kid wanted revenge. Uh, uh, he wanted revenge, but he also wanted to avenge Tungstall's death and bring down his killers. So there were even reports of the kid actually stating, I'll kill the, I'll kill at least one of them before I die. And that's a very loose quote as well. So if there is an, if there is an actual historical quote that, because every historical I found worded it a little bit differently, um, which we're talking about 1876, guys. We're, of course. Not yeah. very many people were writing shit down. A lot of people couldn't even write at that point in time. Yeah. A lot of people could not. And it was actually talking a little bit about Billy's just physical description as well. Billy the Kid was not given very much justice by the $2.3 million photo that was auctioned off. That is the single photo we have of what Billy actually looks like. So Billy was actually, I know, it's an outrage. Billy was actually said to only be about five foot three. He was, so he's a little guy. He had light, yep. light blonde hair. Um, his eyes were very 
distinguishable. He had blue-gray eyes with specks of brown in them. Um, He could dance. He could speak well. He could read, which was not something that was common in these parts. Yeah, he was the package. He was, and he got very, later on in his um, sort of outlaw career, he got very good with a Winchester rifle. I believe it's a Winchester rifle. I know it's a Winchester. If that needs to be a correction, please let me know in the comments. I'm not that great with guns and firearms. So please let me know. To say this guy was an outlaw, if you were just looking at him from the street or at least just looking at like a paper overview of him, it's kind of disbelieving because Billy the Kid really could have had a career such as Tungstall's where he owned a ranch, where he had people working for him, was successful, um, successful enough to, you know, have people after him. But it really, it's really interesting the way that it shook out. Billy was out for revenge. He was out to get the people that had killed John Tungstall. So what do we do? We become Deputy the Kid. <laughs> oh, Deputy yes. The Deputy the Kid. Deputy Kid. So here's what happened. And this is very, very funny to me. So Billy got deputized to bring in the John Tungstall's killers. He was actually deputized with a group of other men who would later call themselves the Regulators. They were called the the Regulators! Regulators! So the Regulators were going to do just that. They were going to regulate all of the shootings, all of the sanctioned killings. They were going to go in and just clean house um, and really just sort of get the bad people out of there. Now, they were supposed to do this by capturing the men and bringing them in and putting them in jail and where they could await their trial and be seen proper justice. That's not what happened. <laughs> As history will tell. As history will tell. That is not what happened. And their biggest thing for the regulators was to bring in the men who were responsible for Tungstall's death and they were to bring them to justice. But that was one problem what kind of justice they never had a a touch base on what what kind of justice they wanted to be brought in (laughs) so the regulators were better known as a vigilante posse or a vigilante group two of the men that were responsible and had a direct hand in the death of john tungstall would actually be shot and killed by members of the regulators along with Sheriff Bill Brady, who had actually sanctioned or okayed Tungstall's murder, and he would actually be killed by Billy the Kid himself while still deputized. Wow. So the deputy done killed the sheriff. (laughs) And now we have a big problem for Billy. Billy has stepped a little bit too far over the line and has killed a sheriff, and this has now made him an outlaw. And we also need a new sheriff. Yeah. We don't have we don't have sheriff no more. He's coming to town. Here we come to the outlaw and the new law. And this is where we're gonna start talking about Mr. Pat Garrett, who stood a striking six foot four inches tall. He uh was said to have dark hair, a you know, very distinguished mustache, such such as yourself, Ty. <laughs> so and he ran for sheriff. 
under the promise that he was going to bring Billy the Kid in. He was going to bring peace back to the territory. He pretty much ran his entire sheriff's campaign on, I'm going to get the kid, I'm going to bring him in, and we're going to have peace in our territory again. That is what I'm promising you as sheriff. So in 1880, he would be elected with a striking result of 320 votes to 179 votes during the election. Wow. It was it was striking. How? Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. So Sheriff Garrett would actually track the kid and the regulators to a home slash building that they were hiding out in. From what I can gather the building seems like kind of abandoned because there was no one living there. Like there was no one hoarding them there. They were just kind of there. And they also had no supplies in this building. There was really no food, no water, um, no bathing quarters. Like a, like a shack just yeah. occupied. Yeah. Just somewhere where they could, you know, keep a roof over their head and they could hide. So Pat and his other deputies, not the regulators, would track them down and they would find them. So Pat would then have the building surrounded by his deputies. And while trying to lure the kid out, Pat actually was kind enough to ask Billy if he would like any breakfast. Because it was <laughs> early. They had woken him up. They yeah. were like, hey, we're we're here to arrest you, but would you like a good breakfast? <laughs> Billy, with That's his clever wit. I know. Billy, with his clever wit, told Pat to go to hell. And and then just chaos ensued. Not really chaos. It was controlled chaos, but it's it's super funny. So Pat would actually successfully get the kid out by cooking bacon right outside the building. Ooh, that's a good way to do it. I know. So Billy, who was starving, what kind this, of uh, what kind of food would it take to get you out of, of that building? Uh, bacon. Or, what would it take? What would it take to yeah. get me out of there? Um. Honestly, and I'm not even going to lie to you, it would probably take either my mom's crack cookies that she makes, which are peanut butter and chocolate cookies that are absolutely amazing. Or it would be... No actual... No uh, actual crack. crack. No actual crack. But you're going to eat them like it's crack. Like you're going to have one. You're going to say I'm going to have one and then you're going to end up with 10. Um, Or my dad's old fashioned hash browns. Ooh, okay. Oh my God, those Great. are awesome. He like he does all the potatoes himself and does all the onions. It's so good. But one probably, of those two would get me a good, out. A good, a good like a uh, New York style deep dish pizza. That'll get me. Oh, out of there. those are so That's good. My favorite. That's my favorite. Oh, those are so good. But, I, uh, bacon got Billy out. Bacon got Billy out, proving the power of bacon. Yep, there should be a uh, commercial. <laughs> Maybe just he uh, they fry up some. Hormel bacon, and he comes out, and they just blow him away. That'd be a good commercial. Why has no one done that yet? We need to come up with a bacon company and do this. Yeah. <laughs> Why has no one done bacon? Good enough to die for. Yeah, <laughs> he'd die for it. By the power of bacon, Billy was brought out, and he was very quickly arrested by Pat Garrett. And this was a huge celebration because Pat had done what he had set out to do, what he was elected to do, which was to bring in and capture Billy the Kid. Very, very proud day. Yep. So in 1881... Oh, I'm sorry? I imagine so. Oh, yes. So in 1881, Billy would actually be sentenced to hang for the murder of Sheriff Brady. And 
the judge actually said, you are to hang till you're dead, dead, dead. And Billy responded, well, judge, you can go to hell, hell, hell. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, damn, like no respect. None. (laughs) Doesn't care. So while Billy was awaiting for his execution, he would actually be held in a room that was protected by two guards. What you have to remember is we're talking over a hundred years in the past. So there, he wasn't really in a jail. He was actually more um, in a two-story home where he was being held in the upstairs room um, that was to be guarded by two jailers. Now, one of the jailers, Bob Ollinger, who we're going to talk about, he was across the street at a restaurant who was getting and um, sort of guarding the other prisoners who were getting dinner that night. They were all at the restaurant eating dinner. So he's guarding those prisoners. Only one guard is now left with Billy the Kid to guard him while these other prisoners are out eating. Where's Pat Garrett? Where's Pat? Pat is actually out collecting wood for the gallows to prepare them for Billy's hanging. Now. Let's go ahead and talk about my problem I have with this. Pat Garrett literally based his entire sheriff's campaign on the fact that he was going to bring Billy the Kid in. He was going to restore peace back to the New Mexico Territory. So why, at that point, do you decide, I'm going to leave my deputies with the person, with one of the most dangerous people that has ever come across these parts, I'm going to leave it that my deputies with them and I'm going to go collect wood for the gallows. So, okay. <laughs> and I, I read, I read and looked up several interviews where investigators or uh, other lawmen have weighed in on this. And all of them have stated that they do believe that Pat Garrett as an, as an upstanding um, lawman is telling the truth, is telling the truth about what happened. But, it still begs the question on why he, instead of sending one of his deputies wit to go get wood for those gallows, instead of staying with, you know, sort of the prize prisoner that you have. Right. Like this was this was gonna make his entire career. So why why would you take your eyes off of that? But regardless of why, the result is the same. So during during a trip to the outhouse. Billy would actually escape jail. So the guard took Billy out to the outhouse and during the, on their way back in, they were going up the stairs. A tussle ensued between Billy and the jailer. Um, Billy was then able to obtain the jailer's gun and shot him at the top of the stairs. Wow. Shot a, shot a man with his own gun, disarmed this man, and shot him. Crazy. So it really paints Billy in sort of this cold-blooded killer light. Oh, I'm sorry. It was at the bottom of the stairs. My my apologies. It was at the bottom of the stairs where this jailer would be shot and killed. And this is according to Pat Garrett's book, uh, The Authentic Life of Billy the Kid. So again, we have Pat Garrett, who has written the really historical authenticated version of um Billy the Kid's life. And there's there's that little hole of like, why did you leave then? 
And that does not get addressed in the book. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So he, he, he just glosses right over that. Yep. Just gloss. Just nope. Not going to wow. touch it. That's, that's kind of sketchy. I, exactly. A little sketchy. So after obtaining the jailer's gun, it was then empty after shooting the jailer. So what does Billy do? Billy starts to look for Bob Ollinger's gun. So Bob Ollinger was the other jailer that was across the street with the other prisoners having dinner, getting their dinner, I should say. And Bob Ollinger was very, very mean to Billy. And this would be a decision he would come to regret. So Bob Ollinger actually bought a new double-barrel shotgun with the intention to kill Billy with it. So he would guard Billy (laughs) with this shotgun and just be like, look at it. This is the gun I'm going to shoot you with. Like, this is this is what I'm going to kill you with. Or I'm at least going to shoot your dead body after it hangs with it, <laughs> was probably what that conversation looked like. And Ollinger was notoriously cruel to Billy the Kid. Um, the other jailer was actually had reports of being very nice to Billy and very accommodating. So it's really in question. This this entire situation here is really in question for more than just the reason for Pat wasn't there. However, Bob was across the street when Billy's escape began. So when Bob heard the gunshot that went off, that was actually the gunshot that killed the other jailer, Bob ran out of the restaurant over to the jail, hauling ass. He then hears someone go, hello, Bob. He looks up (laughs) and in a second story window of the jail, there is Billy the Kid with his new double barrel shotgun pointed right at him. He looks up, bang, goodbye, Bob. And that is actually historical. That is, there are actual reports of that being correct, where he's like, hello, Bob. Bye, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, I mean, it's funny. (laughs) He's a little shit, is what he is. He is is a little shit. That's wild. But I think he needed, I think he needed Bob to stop, is why he went, hello, Bob. Because, you know, it's yeah. going to stop him. It's going to shock him. And it's going to, you know, get that target to to stop moving. To, you know, get a... But I'll do it. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, yeah. a good way to get someone's attention. Absolutely. I mean, someone says hello in your name, you're going to turn. And like I said, during this time, Pat's not there. So Pat can't be alerted until, you know, he gets back from collecting wood from the gallows. And by the time he gets back, Billy is long oh, gone. gone. Long gone. So at this point, Billy would then be very much under the radar. From what we do know is, and this is when we start getting into more of the accounts from um, Pat's book. And then we're going to get into why there's holes in that. So he would be under the radar. And Billy would actually visit a friend by the name of Pete Maxwell. More importantly... He would visit Pete's sister, Paulita. So, who was actually reported to be dating Billy at this time. Oh, interesting. Yep. So, not only are you dating your friend's sister, you're also one of the biggest outlaws, the biggest outlaw in the territory, and you have decided to date your friend's sister that you're really kind of asking for sanctuary at. Uh. Okay. We'll we'll talk about that. So (laughs) 
here's where it got very, very interesting to me because there's actually a connection between Pete Maxwell, Billy the Kid, and Pat Garrett. Pete was actually good friends with not only Billy the Kid, but he was good friends with Pat Garrett as well. All three of them at one point, well, of course, Pete, because it's his ranch, but all three of them would work at Pete's ranch at different points in their lives. So Billy would work there at one point, and then Pat would work there at one point, and then, of course, it's Pete's ranch, so he's there all the time. And then according to a second cousin of Billy's, and she did state that she is a second cousin once removed of Billy the Kid. Thank you for that. Um, (laughs) And she actually would state that Billy and Pat grew up together in Silver City for that short so period of time. Pretty close. They couldn't, yeah, absolutely. And of course, they had had run-ins uh, prior to that. Um, so there's a much more to this story in regards to the connections that Billy the Kid would have to Pat Garrison at the time. Because you think about it, Pat Garrett. You know, he, I mean, he he's from this area. He would get married in this area later on in his life. So to say that he knew the area, knew the people of the area, I mean, you run for sheriff. You've got to know this area. So, or at least you would think. So, and I mean, of course, Billy's out here causing hell, doing all this other stuff. Like, you're going to hear of one another. And right. even to go back and say, like, yes, they partially grew up together in parts. I think there's got to be some validity to that, personally. Yeah. I agree. There's got to be something there. Now, the story goes, and this is all in accordance with Pat Garrison's book, or Pat Garrett's book. I really want to call him Garrison. <laughs> I don't know why. I just really, uh, really do. So according to Pat Garrett's book, the story goes, Pat would go to Pete's ranch in the middle of the night with two of his deputies, he would have the deputies stand outside of the home that he was going in to question Pete in. And of course, this is in the middle of the night, so it's very dark and, you know, we don't have the lights and everything up like we do now. So it's pretty much pitch black. So Pete would be waking up in the middle of the night by Pat asking him, hey, do you know where Billy is? <laughs> and just think, like, according to the report, Pat was actually sitting on Pete's bed at the end of the bed. And like they like Pete was just kind of sitting up and was like, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> like he said he knew that Billy had been passing through, but he would not give information as to, you know, if they were there, like if they had like it was just very murky throughout the entire time. And there's also reports of Pete selling Billy out because he was dating his sister. Mm. So, and I mean, at that point, what are you going to do as a big brother? Like, I mean, your sister's dating the most notorious outlaw in the territory. And like, he's wanted for murder, two, three murders at this point. He's being sentenced to hang. Like, sis, I think you could do a little bit better. But I mean, if you love him, you love him. And as fate would have it, as everybody has said throughout this entire thing, as fate would have it, Billy walks in to Pete's ranch, to Pete's home, where Pat Garrett is questioning Pete about where Billy is. According to reports, Billy actually walked in with no shoes on and he was 
he walked in with a knife in order to carve a piece of beef. So like he's hungry. He's he's coming into the home because he's hungry. And he comes in and he starts asking Kianis, Kianis, Spanish for who's there. This is another thing about Billy. Uh, Also made him quite the wild card is he was actually fluent in Spanish at this time. Wow. So to be able to read and write and then also be fluent in another language during this time, like he had to be one of like, like he was up there kind of with. Yeah, he was had a pretty high IQ. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he was a dancer. He was charming. Like he was. He was he was good with the ladies is what I'm going to say. He was very nice with the ladies. At that point, Billy had already gotten past two of Pete's deputies. So how is it that you have two of your deputies standing outside and some guy with no shoes on and a knife walks into this house where your sheriff is and you're like, yeah, didn't see him. Didn't see him. Don't know. It's very sketchy. Very sketchy. So Pat would say Billy was so close to him that if he wanted to, he could reach out and touch the kid. Um, so they were just mere feet away from one another. Um, and Pat had gotten up off of the bed and was now hiding in the corner of the room because of how dark it was. Um, all of the shadows were cast and you really could not see anything other than making out, you know, based on voices where everyone was at in the room. So, with little hesitation, Pat shoots the kid. Once in the chest and another one missing. Wow. Here's the thing. Pat only identified Billy the kid by his voice. That's very important to remember. They didn't see his face. They did not see his face when at the time of the shooting. So, so it was just kind of... uh... So they, they, they didn't know for sure if it was Billy? Like, uh... Not at the time. Wow. Not at the time. So Pat would actually go out and speak with one of his deputies by the name of John Poe, who about 30, 30-ish years later would actually come out to the local newspaper and recant or um, retell his eyewitness account of the shooting of Billy the Kid. It's not really an eyewitness account because he didn't actually see the kid get shot. He really only saw the after effects of it. But what he has to say is very important because John Poe would state that Pat said, I think I got him. I'm pretty sure it's him. I think I shot Billy the Kid. There's a lot of I thinks and I'm sure and not a whole lot of I'm positive. So what would then ensue was John would ask Pat, have you looked at the body or, you know, something of that nature? Pat would ask John to go in there and make sure he did not shoot somebody else. That's just it's it's just so sketchy. Could you imagine something like that going down today? Yeah. Oh, my God. so, So, yeah, it's just so odd. It's. It's sketch. It's a little sketchy. So Pat couldn't go in the room to verify if it was him or not. John Poe went in the room, said, yep, it's him. So the the witnesses that would be called by Garrett to come and confirm if this was Billy the Kid were also very interesting. So who would you think you would call to verify an outlaw? Uh, On an official standpoint. Probably like uh, a sheriff, right? You think Another sheriff? Sure. 
Yeah, you think like uh, some high-ranking lawman would be? That's not who he called. Okay. He called previous members of the regulators, and he also called Paulita. <clears throat> okay. He called that makes Paulita. Sense, I guess. Yeah. He called Billy's girlfriend, who was supposedly pregnant at the time with a baby girl. Um, and there are reports stating that Paulita would later die in childbirth along with Billy's daughter. Um, however, unconfirmed. That's a whispering wind of a tale. So they would call previous members of the regulators and Paulita, who are all very close with Billy, um, all had camaraderie with him. And they would all state, yep, it's you shot Billy the kid. That's him. And what's very interesting as well is there was another woman who really took after Billy the Kid in a mother sense. Like she she really mothered him and had a maternal role in his later life. Or it's hard to say his later life when he's only 21 when he passes away. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But she would actually hold so much hate towards Pat Garrett and the other deputies for shooting Billy the Kid. She was also called to the scene and she was stated to have cursed and spit and yelled and just <laughs> made a total scene. And even later in life, um, about 10, 15 years after his death, she was still angry at the deputies and at Pat, Sher or Pat Sheriff. Oh my God. Um, and at <laughs> Sheriff Pat for killing Billy the Kid. Um, not only because of how young he was, but because it was Billy. Yeah. So what's very interesting about this is at this time, it was customary for the sheriff to take a photo with the outlaws that they had killed. You know, a, a post-mortem photo. Yeah. Um, gross. <laughs> However, there was no photo taken with the body. There are no photos of the body. I was hoping all these weird circumstances. There's so many weird circumstances surrounding this. Mm-hmm. 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 Along with no photos being taken of the body, there was a very quick burial that ensued right after. From what I can gather, they pretty much buried him that next morning. Like, they let a few people see the body, and they were done. They were like, okay, we've got the confirmation that we needed. Put him in the ground. Cool. So that's how that happened. Yeah, you think it'd be like more pomp and circumstances for... You would think there would be photos. You would think there would be like articles of clothing taken, you know, pieces of hair, rings. His uh, I mean, his gun is being held in the Pat, Gar Pat Garrett Museum by his family. Like you would think there would be so much memorabilia that would come out yeah. later. Something. 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 Or even change from his pocket. Like, where's the knife he was carrying? I want that knife. I'll I'll pay $14 million for it. Babe, we need a loan. <laughs> so here's where we're going to get into the conspiracy of it all. And I'm very excited. Very, very excited for all of this. So remember when I said that Pete and Pat met in the middle of the night. Pat had come into his his room in the middle of the night and they were questioning him. And it's very odd, the mm -hmm. whole thing. Just sound, And I don't know if that's like something that back then may have not been so odd for the law to come in your house and question you while you're asleep. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just very odd. So the theory goes that Pat and Pete 
may have been plotting with Billy a getaway for Billy. Mm. And that is why they were meeting. Because they all three had connections with one another. They knew where the ranch was. They knew Billy's connections to not only Pete, but also Paulita. And they were going to plot a getaway for him. And what's also very interesting is there's reward money involved. So there could... And Pat did collect the reward money at the time of shooting Billy the Kid. So the idea is, is that Pat, Pete, and Billy all came up with this plan to get Billy out to, you know, be like, listen, I will leave you alone if you just get the hell out of here. Like, leave my territory alone. Get out. I never want to see you again. And if I do see you again, you're dead. I don't know if that's what actually happened, but it's a good, it's a a solid theory. theory. Yeah, it's a solid theory. And then after that, After they got the confirmation that, you know, they would need, they buried the body, collected the reward money, and all of them went their different ways. So who would have Pat shot? Who would he have shot? Uh, He would have shot a Hispanic man who would have been mistaken. Yeah, just some some Hispanic guy that was to be shot in place of Billy the Kid. I'm Uh, sorry, Hispanic guy, (laughs) if that did happen to you. (laughs) And what's also very interesting... (laughs) I know, this poor guy, like, he's probably just like, yeah, go in there and see if, like, Pete will give you some beef or anything. Bang! Okay, we got the cover up. We're good. Uh. And what's also very, very interesting is, now, according to Pat, Billy shot the other jailer at the top of the stairs in, in, in where he was being held. Now, over 100 years later, this house, this um, place where he was being held at, is still standing today. It is oh, still, wow. it is still there. It is, it hasn't changed much. It's been kept, you know, very, very well. Very, you know, and it's a, it's a historical building. They actually do advertise it as where Billy the Kid was being held. So it's interesting. So it's just, you can just, you can visit yeah, it. I you mean, can go in there. You can visit. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can go to the restaurant that's right across the street still. <laughs> like it's, it's really cool. And it looks all really nice. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. It looks very quaint. In a morbid sort of way. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, hey. This is, <laughs> this is going to be a little bit more morbid as well. So over a hundred years later, about 130 years later, they decided to have a chemical brought in and to test the, theory of was this was the jailer shot at the top or the bottom of the stairs how can we do this because blood actually leaves a residue behind that mm-hmm. can only that can be seen by a chemical under black light this chemical is called luminol yep so this luminol was sprayed all over the top of the stairs and in in hopes to see blood residue at the top of the stairs, further proving that the jailer was shot at the top of the stairs. Guess what they didn't find? No blood. There's no blood residue at the top of the stairs. Hmm. However, they did find blood residue at the bottom of the stairs. Hmm. Okay. Which you can kind of see that happening because depending on where the tussle took place, whether it was on the edge of the step, on the middle of the step, you know, wherever it was on that staircase that they were supposed to be on, 
depending on the way that gravity is, well, depending on gravity, really, I could see, you know, the first jailer being shot, you know, that that pressure hits him and then he falls to the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. Simple. And then you could say Billy made his getaway from there. Billy, you know, grabbed the shotgun, shot Bob, and then made his getaway. Why, why would you say he was shot at the top of the stairs if there are no evidence pointed that way? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, ooh, that's a tough one. I know. And the fact that, and the other question was, well, how do we know it's the sheriff's blood? Uh, how do we, how do we know this? How do we know it's still there after being so old? It's because blood leaves that residue forever. Like that, that's there forever. I'm really sorry if you've committed a crime in your home. <laughs> that blood residue is now there forever. I remember when I yeah, was like, I've seen, I've seen tons of like uh, true crime documentaries mm-hmm. and stuff where they go in just, just years later and mm-hmm. are able to find stuff. When we watched 1408, that was a, that was a big thing because he did the same thing. He had mm-hmm. like a, a luminal thing i don't quite remember how he did that but that was really i remember being 14 and like watching crime documentaries like that and then i would get like blood on the sink and i'd be like how am i gonna get this off like Uh, my obsessive compulsive thoughts at 14 so that is interesting because now we have modern day science that is conflicting with what pat garrett stated in his book and what was also stated to you know probably stated to the public at that time as well. So very interesting there. Also, and this is <laughs> this is why family can be a bitch sometimes. Billy's cousin also may have been in on the getaway slash reward split. Billy's mm-hmm. cousin was actually one of Pat Garrett's deputies at the time when he went to Pete Maxwell's house in search of Gar- in search of Billy. So it's possible that Billy's cousin may have had an in to Billy and was really kind of a communicator between the two to sort of get the meeting place at Pete Maxwell's house set up. Yeah, I mean, it all lines up. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy how how stuff lines up with this. Which things. which I wonder if the cousin was brought in on the reward split if that was the case because they they, yeah. they might have left him out like eh, Billy I'll take <laughs> care of you <laughs> Billy's disappeared. Uh, Billy was then buried, and he. <laughs> what's very interesting with the grave site, in particular, is the grave has flooded twice in its in 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 its existence. And now if you go to Fort Sumner and you go to look at Billy the Kid's grave, there is a cage around this grave. There is an actual like, and I mean, it's not even just around the tombstone. It's around the whole thing. So like five foot three inches plus the tombstone. And it like, it goes all the way up to like what it would look like if someone were standing in it. A little bit of overkill there. In my yeah, own opinion. That's, that's... <laughs> but huh. they did that to prevent people from taking pieces of the grave um, with them and from tearing tearing the tombstone down and doing all of that nonsense. Well, I can't or say is, nonsense. Or is it that uh, Billy the Kid is a zombie and they're trying to keep him from rising from the grave? This makes sense to me. That could be it. That's the Billy never dies. Nope. Never died. He's never immortal. Dies. 
Which it is funny because every jail they ever put Billy in, he escaped from. And now they just put a big old cage around his grave. Yeah. It's like, you're just kind of asking. There's a really shitty Uva Bowl movie where Billy the Kid's a uh, vampire. Shit. No. Blood Rain 2, I think it is. Yeah, it's a really shitty movie. But I want to watch it now. It's, it's bad. Uva Bowl is one of the worst filmmakers of all time. but It's really bad. It's boring ass. It's got to be. Mess, it's got to be bad if the possum says it's bad. Yeah, the possum pretty bad. Won't, won't take it. It's pretty bad. Oh, but now, that's, that's the concept behind it, though. I just need to look at like the. Do you think it has an IMDb page? Oh, it's definitely got an IMDb okay. page. I mean, it's got it's got Kristana Loken in it, I think, and uh, Zach Ward. Oh, uh, so it's okay. got yeah, it's got actors in it. Interesting. Interesting. Now, here's where it gets. Very interesting. Have you ever heard of Brushy Bill? But Brushy Bill Roberts. Brushy never Bill Roberts. Of, never heard of Brushy Bill Roberts. Oh boy. We're <laughs> in for a treat. So Brushy Bill Roberts came about and he he's actually he's quite an interesting fellow. So let's talk about how he looks. So he stands about the same height as Billy the Kid. And remember, I stated that he has these really piercing eyes, these blue-gray mm-hmm. eyes with these brown flecks in his eyes. Brushy had the same eyes. Hmm. He was reported to have the exact same walk and the exact same speech patterns as Billy the Kid did. And he also could rec- and he also could retell facts and stories from the Lincoln County War that Billy was heavily involved in. And he was also able to list details of Billy the Kid's escape from jail that only Billy and those jailers would have known at the time. Wow. So how co- what a what a coincidence. What a co-winky dink. So, Brushy Bill lived quite an interesting life. He fought in the Mexican Revolution War. Uh, He also had a wife and a family. I believe he had um, one daughter and a son. And what's very interesting is also in modern day science, there was a facial recognition comparison done, which this is also used by the FBI in missing persons cases. The facial recognition came back from a comparison of the $2.3 million photo of Billy the Kid to a photo of Brushy Bill Roberts, and it came back as the exact same person. Mm. This is this is tested by the FBI. This is oh, the wow. same stuff that is used so, in... So this is, this is something that's been equated, and there, yeah. it's, it's out there, right? It's out I mean, there. It's, yeah, it's there. Huh. So why is Mr. Roberts very important? Because he, in his life, would ask for a pardon for all the crimes that Billy the Kid committed in exchange for the whole truth. Now, unfortunately, we don't really know what that whole truth is. Because when Brushy Bill Roberts asked for this pardon, and he was a very, he was described as being a very timid, well, not very timid, but just sort of a more reserved older gentleman. You could tell that he didn't really want a whole lot of attention. Um, he requested this pardon in exchange for the whole truth of Billy the Kid and all of the crimes that um, Billy the Kid had committed. So he asked for this pardon. And what happens? The governor not 
the governor basically makes this a parade. He invites the press. He invites uh, survivors of the Lincoln County War. He invites um, Pat Garrett and family. He invites pretty much everyone that if this really were Billy the Kid, this would send him running for the hills. Because these are all the people that would be able to positively identify if this were actually Billy the Kid. And also... These were people that were directly involved with some of Billy the Kid's crimes. These are victims mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, men that Billy has killed. These are victims of the Lincoln County War. So God only knows what they could have gone through during that time. Um, it really set, you know, it really set Mr. Roberts on edge. So much so that it was actually reported that during the, the pardon meeting, Rushy Bill actually had a heart attack. Sitting there, like it, 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 it threw him into a heart attack. It, it panicked him so Jeez. much. So he would then be hospitalized, and then, or he would then, you know, be taken into medical care. Um, because at the time this was 1950, and then a little over a week later, Brushy Bill would actually suffer another heart attack and then die in 1950 before his pardon went completely through. Hmm. So we so have he, wow. Go ahead. That's that's just wild. So we have a facial recognition scan that is coming up as a positive match for Billy the Kid, uh, saying this is the exact same person, which would then state that that's not the person in the ground. And then we have details for the accounts of facts and just nitty-gritty things that only Billy the Kid would have known. And then just the overall question of why do you want a pardon for Billy the Kid in exchange for the whole truth? That's yeah. very specific. Huh. In conclusion, there's a lot of science against the claims that Pat Garrett is making in his book. Um, you know, we have the luminal test and we also have the facial recognition. Um, there was also a segment in the History Channel's Decoded Oh, that's such a wonderful documentary. I, I think I watched it like three times just going back and forth and um, doing it. It was a brilliant documentary. They did tests on the staircase to see like if they could actually wrestle on the staircase and, you know, how how clear the gunshot would be fired or how clear the sound of a gunshot would be fired. And like they did a real life test and like proved that, yeah, he probably would have been lying down at the bottom of the stairs just because of the way that the staircase was lined up, um, the way that the second floor had been. And also, you have gravity. You have science, like literal earth-binding science. That's like, unless you were at the very top of the stairs, unless you were like on the ground, um, you know, standing flat, not near the staircase, would you have been lying dead on that tops on on the top side of the stairs or on the upstairs floor of the stairs? Like it just doesn't make sense. Like the when you get into the nitty-gritty details of that entire escape from jail, in the regards to the way that the first jailer was shot, it just doesn't make sense. Hmm. And also it, it is it just is crazy. I, I I all this stuff, just how how many holes are in this? Right. Right. Exactly. Like, and I mean, there's holes as to why Pat Garrison or Pat Garrett was not at the, was not at the jail and was out getting wood for the galas. I mean, I understand 
I understand the concept of it's not done right unless I do it because I am very much that way. But come on, man. Like, come on. You based your entire... He had based his entire run on bringing Billy the kid in. And once you have him, you're going to leave? And there's a lot of conversation about like, well, his job was just to bring Billy the kid in. It wasn't to watch him. But I feel... I feel that you were elected sheriff. Mm -hmm. You told us you were going to bring peace to our territory by bringing Billy the Kid in. And now you're going to leave? You're going to leave once once we get him into custody. And I understand these deputy, these jailers were probably very, very trusted. However, my control freak self would be like, nope, he's in custody. I'm staying here. Like, pack me a pillow and a ham sandwich. Uh I'm staying at the jail. Like... And that's that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Now, also, Billy was a known escape artist, and he could very clearly just disappear. Um, we saw this in his early life when, you know, between that gap where he was between leaving his stepfather's ranch and meeting with John Tunkstall. We saw that where, you know, he went to the Guadalupe Mountains and also went to Camp Grant. So he's he's good at flying underneath that radar. And also, he could very well disguise himself as a kid. He's five foot three. He's got a very, you know, sort of petite stature to him. Um, he's got, you know, these this blonde hair, um, you know, very charming as well. Like he he could definitely, I feel sort of con and talk his way in and out of situations to where he could just fly through a town and then be gone the next day and people would be like oh yeah that guy like yeah I never saw him again <laughs> like uh. so and also the likelihood like for me I could see this really kind of going either way in my mind in my little conspiracy heart I should say I want to believe that Billy the Kid got away and was able to live a long, beautiful life with, you know, his children and his and his marriage. And he went into, you know, fight for the right things because he was considered a Robin Hood by a lot of the Hispanics in that area. And then even went on to fight in uh, the Mexican Revolution. I want to believe that in my heart. I do. However... I don't know, man. I really think that Pat Garrison really may have shot him because I have to think that as a law-abiding man and as, you know, a career lawman, he would have told the truth on that. It, it's just it's just super interesting. It's like, yeah, you, you would think he seems by all accounts to be pretty reputable. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, maybe he just had... Just a soft spot for Billy. I don't know. Well, I mean, not and given the history that they may have had together growing up together, mm-hmm. um, you know, knowing the mutual friend uh, like Pete Maxwell. Um, I I really think it could go either way because I could definitely see it being a thing like where it's like, listen, you know, I could kill you like right now, but I'm giving yeah. you the chance to get out because he was also only 21 years old. So I don't know if his youngness may have played a part in the possible in the possible getaway plan. I'm not sure because there was a point in time where Billy did want to kind of go clean, and that was when he was with John Tungstall. So he had that in him to actually earn a legal, 
you know, livable wage and to, you know, sort of do things on the up and up. But then that was really taken away from him by the death of John Tungstall. So I think that would have been there for him. I just don't know if it would have been realized. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's a crazy story. It's nuts. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it just, it's crazy the amount of plot holes mm-hmm. and just um, inaccuracies there are. I mean... He said there, there's obviously a history between Pat Garrett and Billy. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think maybe he just at 21 years old. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's a long way. to. That's a, a really early life. And that's a lot of time to have to go into hiding. Yeah. He uh, was in afterwards. hiding for most of his life from the right. from what I can find from what my research tells me is he was in hiding for most of his life as an outlaw. From the time he was about fifteen to twenty-one, I mean, that's six mm-hmm. years. That's the, that's all of your adolescent and adult life. You know, that's your whole life. Yeah, I mean, like the <sighs> fantastical part of me wants to be like, you know, he it was some big ruse and he ran off and just lived his life doing something else. But I don't know. I feel like Billy the Kid is also kind of one of those people. I don't think could have could have stayed hidden for too long. He seemed like he yeah. just kind of. Uh, he was too interesting of a person. You're right. Which was, I don't think, I don't think you can hide someone like that. Right. Yeah. Like, especially and, in that time period, having all the talents he had. Exactly. And there was actually, I did forget to mention this, but the, the second cousin once removed of Billy did actually state that her, her family knew Billy the kid was alive. Like the, the, the kid, the McCarty, Bonnie, Atron. <laughs> alias family knew uh, Billy the Kid was alive. And when they asked, well, why did no one say, hey, Billy's alive? Or why did Billy not come out and say, hey, I wasn't shot. I'm I'm right here. I'm alive. She said that her father, her actual father, told her that the reason no one came out about it was because they did not want to be killed themselves. That they were all sworn uh, to secrecy. So it has... It has all of the elements of a beautiful conspiracy story, of a beautiful conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I buy it, to be honest with you, because like you said, he's too interesting of a person to really not be found out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I find it hard to believe that someone like that, it doesn't seem like he would want to stay hidden either. I don't know. Exactly. Yes. So he just kind of liked that, uh, that limelight, mm-hmm. the attention. Well, he's young. Yeah, he's young. He's young, young and wild. So. Yeah. Wants to be the superstar. Mm-hmm. So that is what I have. I'm glad we got to ride into the sunset uh, for yeah, was, for uh, Billy the Kid. That was a rootin' tootin' good time. <laughs> That's but, a very interesting story, Billy the Kid. I mean, uh, so I, I I know what I know of Billy the Kid from the Young Guns movie, and there's a lot of stuff that's left out. But mm-hmm. um, man. Interesting stuff. I, I just never knew there was that many inaccuracies or mm-hmm. uh, plot holes to this story. Oh yeah, it really makes you question. It really does. And the the museum, um, in I believe it's in Silver. I believe it's in New Mexico. Still, I, I want to say it's in Silver City, but the name may have been changed since then. We will. I will put it in the description. I very much promise to you, my dear viewers. 
the Pat Garrison Museum or Cat Pat Garrett Museum. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so everyone count how many times I say Pat Garrison. And then like, if you give me an accurate count of how many times I say Pat Garrison, I will send you a cult talk net buttons and whatnot. And it'll be fun. There so, you go. Yes. Yeah. There's well, something if, for you to do if you yeah. want some buttons. If you want buttons. Uh, the, fir- the first person, not everyone that does the it. The first we person. We that many buttons. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, Just the first. Only the first. Um, uh, but that museum is still run by descendants of Pat Garrett. And they are very full-heartedly like, no, like Pat Garrett shot and killed Billy the Kid. And for yeah. them, at least in the interview that I researched for them, it very much seemed like this is still a situation that's very close to their heart. And I think a lot of it is mm-hmm. because like in a lot of people's minds, this case is really still open. So yep. for them, as they're sitting here talking about something that happened, you know, 130, almost 140 years ago, it's like it just happened yesterday to them because it's still affecting their family. You know, yep. they they run an entire museum based on this. So we, I'll, I'll put that location because it is really cool. They, they they do have a lot of really cool stuff in there. Like um, they actually have the exact article from John Poe uh, and his quote unquote eyewitness account of Billy the Billy the Kid's death. There were even articles from the 1920s. So about 40 years after Billy's death that were stating like, is Billy the Kid really dead? So Pretty much from the time the news broke that Billy the Kid had died, people started questioning. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not hard to believe that either when you start putting all the pieces together. It is just a very odd, open-ended um, kind of mystery where things don't don't quite line up. It's interesting. It's very interesting. But I, I very much enjoyed researching this one. Um, it was a little bit of a blast from the past with, you know, all the old Westerns my my yeah. dad and I, or my dad used to force us to watch. Um, so uh, this is a fun one. I I would love to hear your guys' thoughts, uh, your guys' theories on what may have happened. Um, yeah, by all means, let us know. Do you think Billy the Kid died or was he still kicking around the old west for a while uh did he really ride off into that sunset yes uh let us know but yeah that, w- that was great bailey this is the second part of bailey's deceptively dead trilogy she's doing for now um and you're not going to, have to wait long because uh we're gonna go ahead and the very next episode here and uh here in two weeks you're gonna get the third part of this series from bailey which is going to be focused on elvis presley yeah. The king, baby. The The other king. Yeah, the king. Man, that's going to be a good one. You know, I don't think the king died. I know what happened. (laughs) We know what happened. I I think we will have some peanut butter and banana sandwiches to to celebrate. So, in honor of the king. Um, But that's... uh, That that was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, great one. By all means, let us know what you guys think. You can do that. At Cult Talk Net across the board. That's uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the things. And uh, we would greatly appreciate it if you would also give this podcast a rating. Yes. Wherever you listen to it, Spotify, iTunes, wherever it is, let us know what you think of Cult Talk's conspiracy. Uh, we're coming up here. We've almost been doing this for a whole year now. I know. We, we, we got about nine months now. Um, we've been doing this and we're getting ready to. Uh, kick off our big summer event that's coming up which you will have heard a a little a little promo for that uh uh before this episode we're going to be setting sail this summer for three whole months uh we are doing 
Cult Talk Conspiracy Summer at Sea, where we're doing all ocean-based conspiracies to make you uh, question everything before you go back in the water. Oh, yes. And I'm, I, I don't get in the water, so this is fine <laughs> for me. This is great. <laughs> I'm fine. I'll uh, I'll sunbathe on the beach. I'm not getting in that water. <laughs> yeah, but before that, we've got a, a pretty stocked month here. Three episodes mm-hmm. this month. We got uh, Bailey doing her her uh, second and third part of *Receptively Dead*. We have a little something special here at the end of the month uh, that I'm gonna be doing to lead us into uh, uh, June. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is a this is a good uh, good time for cult talk conspiracy. We're we're hitting our uh, hitting our stride now. Yes, we've been doing this long enough. Where we're everything's kind of falling into place, and we're really excited for where things go. Yes, but yes, if you would leave us a rating, mm-hmm. we'd greatly appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. And uh, thank you all for listening. Yes, thank you guys. Um, anything you want to add, Bailey? Um, just how how grateful I am. Like uh, you guys, you guys might not know this. We Ty and I both work daytime jobs, and I've throughout 2023 i've been in the process of kind of switching careers so ty has really taken a driver's <laughs> seat for cult talks conspiracy uh, and i'm just super grateful not only for that ty because you do what i can you do awesome you do so great and then I you guys for listening you guys for listening to cult talks conspiracy for the lovely comments you guys leave us um we do read all of them I've stopped crying at every single one. It's about every <laughs> single other now. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm so grateful for you guys. It really does make our day to hear, like, that you guys have been looking for podcasts like this, that you guys have enjoyed it. And to even, you know, hear your feedback, it's... It's very, very grateful because we do, we do this outside of our, you know, nine to five. And sometimes it can be hard to get behind a mic and to know that... And we, we do this for you guys. And... That's yeah. what keeps us going. So thank you guys so much. We love you guys Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, let us know what you guys think of Billy the Kid. You think he died. We want to hear all about it. Till next time, I've been Ty. And I've been Billy. Question, Question everything. everything.